Welcome to Middle of the Curve. My name is Sean, and I, along with my co-host Ali, are a pair of incredibly average law students that want to make the law a little more digestible. Not only do we discuss oddly specific and frankly silly areas of law, but we also talk about current events and random topics that come along. Huge disclaimer, neither of us are lawyers, and nothing we say on this podcast should be interpreted to be legal advice. This was made purely for entertainment and slight educational purposes. We hope you enjoy, and a huge shout-out to Emily Powell and Dr. Cope for the music in the background. So what's up, Ollie? Yeah, day... What is it? Day 80-something of quarantine? Time is a construct. We have, we have some dumb areas of the law to talk about. Well, a dumb area. One might, one might call it the dumbest area of the law. You know, if you, if you were so bold... Um, you know, coming from us, since this class was pretty low ranked, maybe it's a little biased, but that's besides. Oh, 100%. It. Yeah. No, this is totally not biased. It's completely objective. Uh, we, we did like a, a systematic review of our uh, own opinions and Statistic. came up with this. Yeah. Uh, Cross analyzed it with data. I, I don't know. No, this is, <laughs> whole, oh, this is totally biased. <laughs> I got nothing. Uh, and then. We have our uh, our first uh, listener selected section, so so we asked the people what they wanted, and they mm-hmm. responded in force. We're gonna talk about what the people wanted, all of the people. There was no tie, and that is how we got so famous so quickly. You know, just just how we've how we've managed to live on with the amount of success that we've had. We've increased our Instagram followers tenfold in the last week. That's what we did, um, which is technically true. Um, from rags yeah. to riches. Yeah, we'll both kind of give our, our rags to riches story, and I'm I'm very excited. I'm gonna I feel like I'm gonna learn more about not only you but myself. I think I'm gonna learn a lot about life. Yeah, I agree. You know, we're actually a motivational podcast now. We're like a self help podcast now. Make like your bed. Just yeah. make make your bed. <laughs> oh, you can't say that because I definitely did not make mine. Shame on you. I'm oh, sorry. I'm sorry I let you down. And then we have another guest. We have another guest lecturer, Ali. Ooh, is it? Uh, should we? No, no, no. We'll we'll wait. We'll wait to. Oh, keep the suspense. That. I like it. Yeah. No, we're not going to tell you. Well, we'll tell you when the time is when the time is nigh. But I'm very excited to talk to him. I, I honestly miss him a lot. Yeah, me too. Oh I no, know. I'm not supposed to say it's a he. Uh, I miss them a lot. Heck, <laughs> giving it away. I miss this person quite substantially. Yes, I miss this individual. All right. Uh, so I thought, well, actually, first, before we get into the topic of law, I have an update for you, Ollie. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, Ohio, the Restart Ohio plan mm-hmm. released its full uh, streamlined date. Date, date line, date time, date, <laughs> dating. Okay. I don't know. Words. <clears throat> they released when everything was going to open, including <gasps> my gym. Uh, I just want the world to know that within the next 10 days, as of us recording this, my gym will be open. And I have mixed feelings about it. Now, don't get me wrong. This is the greatest day of my life. But hands down, no contest. But also, I'm terrified to go back for multiple reasons. I, I don't know what it's going to be like. I don't know how busy it's going to be. I don't know what the expectations are. Am I going to have to wear a mask to the gym? Which is totally reasonable, but also sounds highly inconvenient. Um, if I'm required to, of course I would. Follow all the CDC requirements, of course. Amen. Don't be an idiot. Um, 
but I'm gonna be honest, Ollie, my mask hurts my ears because I know it's too tight enough. Yeah, but it's because my head's too big. So wearing it for extended periods of time kind of does not seem like fun to me. Uh, I don't know how they're going to. I don't know how crowds gonna be. I don't know how many people are going to be vying for each machine. <laughs> I also am worried about all the people seeing how much weaker I am now. Oh, in the two months, three months, whatever, however long it's been. I think that uh, I, I I have mixed feelings, Ali. I I if I if I can, I can give some recommendations. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Hit me with well, um, What I would recommend is you hit up that guy from DC. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Um, I need to, I need to listen to you in order to get, uh, fulfill my dreams. So we start that circuit on Monday. Oh, okay. So, so I, I zoom in to, I don't remember his name. I hope he's doing well. Mr. Scary man. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Big scary, uh, muscular man. He was, he was a big man. So like, obviously he, he must've known something, but death by medicine. That ain't, that ain't for me, chief. Yeah. I, so to be honest, like looking at um, some of the other stuff they were doing, I'm going to be honest, I may have painted it in a particularly poor light because there were classes that I saw that looked kind of fun. Most of them look awful, right? Most of them were, were very similar to the, the hell that I went through. But some of them, they did like, like martial arts stuff, which looked kind of cool. So I guess I wasn't being completely fair with um, Boot Camp Central, but... No, I, I will. It was still hell. I, I, I stand by what I said. Anyways, moral of the story is um, I have mixed feelings, but I thought I'd update you that the fact that 10 days from now, I'm going to have to decide whether or not I'm going to the gym. Also, I also have to decide when I'm going to get a haircut. You know, these are these are these are things I never thought I'd have to coordinate and worry about in my entire life. But I can't stress how badly I need a haircut, Ollie. Like you can't tell. From, no, don't. Because, like, you don't see all the way back here where it's just like a mullet. It's not good. It is no bueno. In my opinion, I think you should just grow out the mullet. <laughs> yeah. Just, I, just want, I want to it see it. No, you don't. Uh, I'll have to find an old picture of me. I used to have, a, I used to have the bowl cut oh. in my youth. I also used to be much larger in my youth. Um, it was not a good combo. I was bring not an attractive back, child. Bring back the mullet. Absolutely not. Absolutely fucking not. Bowl cut mullet. Just add. Oh, <laughs> that's a lot. I think that like that combination might break a couple of the Geneva conventions. I'm just I'm just throwing that out there. Like, that yeah, is a, but that is Geneva, a war crime. Geneva conventions aren't enforceable. They, that's true. they just it's kind of more like a slap on the wrist, and it's left up to the countries to actually do something about it. Listen, the inadequacies of international diplomacy and international lawmaking is a lovely topic for another episode, but it might be a little too complicated to get in right now. You're right. You're right. Yeah. But great segue. Ollie, what area of law are we talking about today? You know, we are talking about our good old adverse possession. Adverse possession? What's what that? could that be? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I also oh, seriously tell me I don't. I don't actually know. Let me look through my outline. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, continuous, uh, open, uh, hostile, uh, adverse. All right, here we go. So, adverse possession is a property law term. Everyone loves property law. Everyone just wakes up in the morning and is like, oh, I wonder what's going to be talked about in property law today. Yeah. So adverse possession is essentially you are taking over someone's land and you have 
a right to their land. But Ollie, it's their land. That is correct. So the the good old the courts have laid down a test. You know, we love our tests. Yeah. Of first, you have to uh, the land has to be under claim of ownership. You have to quote unquote fly your flag. Okay. But the, uh, we'll go through what each of these might mean because we still don't know. Yeah. Who knows? The second is uh, has to be actual or hostile pose- uh, possession, which kind of means it's without permission. Okay. The third um, element is that has to be open, notorious, or visible. That means you're not hiding. Right. Okay. Uh, The fourth one has to be continuous. The fifth one has to be exclusive. And then the sixth one is that has to be peaceful. So let me walk you through an example. Please. Let's say you, Ollie, own an acre of land. Yes. And I live on that land. Right. Right, 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 right. You don't live there, but you own it. And sure. I, I have, I have taken, I have planted my flag. I built a barn that I live in. I just, I just live in the barn. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never tried to hide. And and eleven years, actually, it depends on the state that you're in. That's an important caveat. Is that it definitely depends on the state that you're in. I have lived there exclusively, not bothering anyone for eleven years. And then you march on there, and you say, hey, you say, hey, Sean, heck, you, man. That's my land. I can I can basically say like, well, no, it's not. It is now legally my land. And I'd be correct, more than likely. Well, is, that a, is that a fair synopsis, Ali? Maybe. Okay. The good old, it depends. Um, Ooh. Ooh. So uh, under under the the court's ruling on Carpenter v. Mm-hmm. R- uh, Ruperto, uh-huh. the possessor must have believed in good faith that you had the right to the land. Oh yeah, okay, that's fair. Thank you, thank you for that clarification. Let me let me make an addition to my story. All right, all right. Um, I am under the assumption that I own it. I don't I don't know that you own it. I don't think that you own it. I think that I own it. Mm-hmm. And you think that you own it, but mm-hmm. I've been living there. Yes, there. Okay, I'm glad I'm glad that that I could lay that out. Now, Ollie, on face, that sounds ridiculous Absolutely. because it is not my land. It is your land. You bought it. You have made. You have paid for it. Mm-hmm. And now it is my land because I took it from you without you even knowing. I don't know about you. I think it's kind of dumb. A hundred percent it's dumb because it's like, oh, I can just walk onto an undeveloped piece of land and be like, well, I think this is my land now. And then it's mine after a certain number of years. Now, I understand. And it's kind of tough because we don't really have, you know, anyone willing to argue for its counter argument, which is, which is that it is a necessary aspect of property law that has a reason to exist. I can understand where someone would be like, Hey, I, by mistake, spent my entire life cultivating this land. And then you come in here because you own it and kick me off of my livelihood. I get it. I get it why it exists. I just, I feel like there is a different way of resolving that issue than just being like psych. It's your land now. Uh, you don't get any compensation for having owned the land before it got stolen. And I think it's dumb that that it's just it just pulls a switcheroo. Yeah, it is. It's pretty frustrating. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, it's kind of like that old saying, this land is your land. This land is my land from uh, California. Mm-hmm. Except, except when it's not. <laughs> except when it's not. <laughs> yeah, except when it's it's his land, because even though it's your land. This land is your land, but now it's his land from California. This land was made for you and me. (laughs) No, this land was bought by by me, Ollie. (laughs) (laughs) I paid for it. 
But you know, I was over here flying my hypothetical flag. You didn't give me permission to do it. I don't understand how you can do it without permission and still be in good faith. So maybe it's it's just an ignorance, right? It's just like you don't even know it's like owned by somebody else. So the first that I see or I can think of is like the deed is wrong or the dimensions of the land are wrong. I guess it's not fair to assume that every single adverse possession is some person just taking the entirety of your land. I'm sure that most of adverse possession is people taking chunks of land, parts of land, maybe outcroppings of land, instead of just here, you now are the proud owner of a 10 acre farm, right? I don't think that's how adverse possession usually works, but I just, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't like it when we learned it. I didn't like it. I didn't like the implications of it. And now everyone is going to say, but he's using, yeah, I guess, I guess this is a question for you, Ollie. Oh, what do you, what do you have to say about the coast theorems idea? That the land, the coast theorem is. I technically had to (laughs) at one point, but uh, from my understanding, this very limited understanding is the coast theory is the idea that as long as everyone has, everything will work out. It's like kind of like a free market idea in economics at least. But in property law, what's important is that it's the idea that the person who is going to use the land the best, feel free to cut me out when I'm wrong, uh, should get it. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. So, the, so, the, so the, the land or the property should go to the person who can best use it. Yeah. So my question to you, Ollie, is does an adverse possession follow that train of thought? Well, I mean, not necessarily. Let's say there's like two people on adjacent plots of land. And one guy, like your example earlier, he has a his deed has it larger than what his actual ownership is. So he takes over a piece of this guy's land. But the guy who has the larger deed, all he does is has a, he just has a house. He has a house mm-hmm. and like a backyard and a pool, whatever. But the guy who has the adjacent land has this um, nonprofit organization where he's bringing in uh, people who are at need and feeding them and housing them and doing some great stuff. But, yeah, you know, he is obviously using the land in a more societal, societal benefit way than... Um, the guy who has adversely possessed his land. So no, Coast can go um, (laughs) theorem down his grave. Yeah. Uh, R.I.P. my boy Coast. I don't know if he's dead. (laughs) (laughs) Holly, I'm not 100% Uh, sure. Let me look this up. Uh, I don't I honestly also don't know his first name. Robert Robert Coast? Ronald Coast. Oh, see, I was close. Oh, he died in 2013. Oh, no. Rip my dude, Ronald. Rest in peace, Ronald. Oh, he looks so happy. Aw. If only he knew the pain he's been causing property law students. It says he's a British economist. This doesn't. Yeah, no. So the Coase theory is actually a theory of economy that property law stole. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's, It's crazy. It's like a free market theory. It's it's basically like everything will work out because everyone wants to get the best end of a deal or something. So people will naturally like 
bargain, mm. right? So, so it's a, it's originally a theory of economics that property law was like, yeah, we could we can make that work. So they stole it. <laughs> One might say they adversely possessed it. Oh God! Uh, I had a I had an interview a couple days ago. I don't even know what day it is. Wow. Um, but pretty sure it's I, Saturday. They, they had asked me like what, how my first year of law school went. And I was explaining how, like, you know, it was a lot different than what I was expecting coming in. It was a lot different than undergrad. And there's not really a good way to explain it to people until you're actually there. Sure. And like you end up doing things that only you and your peers understand. like you make really bad law school jokes. And then the guy in the interview turns it on me and he's like, Oh, so what's your, what's your favorite law school joke? And I just sat there. I was like, I did not prepare this (laughs) for my interview. Yeah. Your extensive research into the firm. Yeah. Organizational was. So I was sitting there and I was like, I don't know if this is my best joke. So don't quote me on this. But the one that's recent because we just took final exams was a friend asked me if I was ready for our final for property law. And I said that all the information adversely possessed. Oh, no. And one of the ladies, she was was nice enough to like give a little like chuckle over the (laughs) video screen, but the rest of them didn't react. So I was like, I know that's not funny. I'm aware. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, Oh, good. Congratulations. Thanks, bro. That's terrifying. It's like giving a stand-up routine, but nobody laughs. Well, I'm sorry that that happened to you. Hey, you know, it all worked out in the end. That's true. So adverse possession has helped my life, and I am very appreciative of adverse possession. Only an adverse possession... That's, that might be the only time adverse possession has ever helped anybody, except for people who take other people's land. Saucy intruders, would you say? One, one might call them a saucy intruder. <laughs> I love that phrase more than most things. Hmm. And so does our professor. That's a shout out. Shouts out. So anything else on adverse possession? I feel like, I feel like this has been a completely non-biased and totally legitimate conversation with uh, a great back and forth that wasn't one-sided at all. Nobody will get upset at us for how we portrayed this very intricate and very complicated area of law. Um, I'm very excited to hear what everyone thinks. Anything else? Let us know your feelings about adverse possession. Send us angry tweets. Yes. I'm yes, very excited. Please. We'll retweet all your angry tweets. Only if they're angry, though. Not the, not the nice ones. We don't, we don't like nice tweets. No, no, no. But speaking of social media, um, Ooh, segue. You know, we we ran a we ran a nice little little poll on our Instagram. What's our what's our social media handle, Sean? Uh, our Instagram is motc underscore podcast, mm. and our Twitter is at motc podcast. Nice, nice, very good. Yeah, very quality uh, quality social media tags. Highly recommend you follow them. Um, we're hard at work with creating new content all the time. All the time. All the time. Me and you specifically working really hard. Nobody else. Nope. Nope. Yeah. So what about this this poll, Ali? What was it? What was what were the options? So let me let me let me pull this up and read you what these options were all right so option number one was to you know we were asking our our 
our, our listeners what they want us to talk about on this podcast. And the first option was our favorite law school memory. Mm-hmm. Second option was something we're weirdly passionate about. The third option was movies that are our uh, guilty pleasures. Sure. And then the fourth one is how we became famous. Oh, wow. So, and, uh, and which one won, Ollie? You know, um, after, after, after some deliberation. After, after a lot of people had voted... Totally, some a ton, a ton of people. Um, it came down to a tie between something we are weirdly passionate about and how we became famous. And uh, I, I had to check the rules of civil procedure. Yes. Um, but what, from my understanding, we get to call all the ties. Yes. And we talked it over for a long time. Three years. Debated over for for over three years, and we came to a conclusion. Ollie, what was that? We're going to talk about how we became famous. Of course, we're going to talk about how we became famous. This is this is a motivational podcast. Yes, I'm here to change lives, Ollie. Rags, you know, I think I think after we explain this, I think I'm going to learn more about myself during. I agree. During this, I 100% agree. So this. We're going to talk about where I think it's more so it's kind of a loaded statement because from from what I think this should be, I think that we should talk about uh, our our little stories of how we how we got here, Ollie, how I never expected in a million years that I would be sitting here unable to leave my house talking into a microphone Mm -hmm. about adverse possession. So tell me about yourself, Ollie. Let the let the listeners know a little a little insight on how Ali became so rich and famous off of the middle of the curve pocket. Ooh, so um, let's uh, let's fast forward to the first sem- after the first semester of law school. I uh-huh. performed very middle of the curve. Yeah, um, some might say it's a little bit a, a little bit above the oh. middle, but what are you trying to say, Ali? We were I, I was in the middle of the curve, and you know. You get you get kind of down about yourself. Your friends made dean's list and are like, "What am I doing with my life?" And sure. then you find solidarity and a and a very good friend. Let's <laughs> let's call him um, let's call him Sean. Okay. So yeah, Sean and I, mm-hmm. you know, after we both found out we performed very middle of the curve and how we were in dean's list, we were like, you know, we we have we have uh, an iota of a personality. It's true. Uh, exactly one iota between the two of us. One. Just one between both of us that we share. Yep. I have the iota on the weekends, and then Sean has it during the week. And on holidays. <laughs> and, um, you know, we started kicking around ideas. I was like, are we are we going to start a cooking show? That was a good option. We're going to start a gym. Yep, that was the other one. Or are we going to, you know, help, help people and start a podcast yep so we started making our bets um every day and you know next thing we knew our we should, uh, okay, tell us how our fame started blossoming uh sean well so you know uh, i made my bed once i drank a kombucha once mm. and then i had six million instagram followers and that happens it, i had my own uh fitness brand it was great dude i I don't know why anybody has any trouble with getting like motivation to become a motivational speaker, dude, because I did it and I did it accidentally. Oops. So we we decided because I believe you 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 said to me, hey, sh- hey, sh- well, I guess it's not me. It's your friend, Sean. Uh, so you went to your friend, Sean, and you said, wow, we crack each other up. Let's start a podcast. And I was like, OK. And you're like, wait, seriously? And I was like, yeah, <clears throat> yes. And here we are. And uh, so never give up on your dreams. <laughs> never. I 
if you give um, up, you will never become multimillionaires. Um, yep, with that's me. Millions of adoring fans. Yep, that's us. So follow us on Instagram. To make our dreams come <laughs> true. Ali, um, what made you want to go to law school? Oh, this is this is a little bit longer of a story. I mean, so, we have time. I was a I was a mechanical engineering major for the first two years of my undergrad, and I was I was involved with the orientation leader program and we had to write skits and for like orientations and for the camps and we would make some like really weird stuff and I really enjoyed that and at the same time I was helping out with the the satire magazine sure. at my undergrad. And that seemed a lot more appealing to me. And I was already a political science minor. Mm-hmm. So, and since I did not like engineering at all, I decided to change my major to political science. And my, my plan was to myself, I, it's probably, I don't think it's what I told my parents that I wanted to do. Shouts out parents. Um, <laughs> But I wanted to do some sort of like political satire stuff. So like write for The Tonight Show, write for SNL, something like that. I had applied for, I think it was like a, it was a writing position. It wasn't like to be like a head writer or someone on the show. Uh It was, it was more or less like an internship. Uh, Long story short, I ended up not getting that position. So like most people, whenever they get on SNL, they either write for another show or they have a stand-up career. Uh-huh. And I wasn't sure if I wanted to start doing stand-up that was <laughs> like a lot. So I was exploring other options that I could have, I could do with a political science degree. And I applied for a fellowship that was supposed to be in DC. Sure. And I, I was, I was a lot more qualified than a lot of the people that were in that, um, that had applied to that fellowship. Um, I had I had actual job experience while these people had none. I had research experience. I was about to be published at that time. And I had recommendations from like the the vice president of the school, uh, so on and so forth. And I get to the interview. It's like a 30 minute interview and 20 to 25 minutes of that interview. The main interview, interview where he, yeah, he just sits there and pretty much makes me defend whether I'm an American with Iranian lineage or an Iranian who lives in America, Oof. which that is a very illegal question. You're not sure. allowed to ask people that. I think it was a title seven so yeah. of the civil rights act, something like that. And I sat down, I was trying to deflect the question every time because it's not an appropriate question to ask. Like right. you can't ask so the person who went before me, all full disclosure, she was a white girl and you can't ask her the same question. I mean, you wouldn't ask her like, so are you, uh, are you, I don't, I don't even know how to, like, you can't even make that distinction. I, you can't just, you wouldn't sure, out, outwardly say something about her gender. Yeah, sure. So it's like, it's like asking an Asian American if they're Chinese or Japanese during, yeah, uh, and it's like, during an why, why would you do that? Like, it doesn't make any sense. And in an interview, it is a very illegal question to ask. So I didn't understand it. And I had a I was working at the time, I was telling my supervisor about it. And she told me that I should probably think about reporting it to their office of like equity or something. Most places have that, which is which is a good thing. But then when I reported it, the report that came back from this so called attorney was that the 
the man who was asking me these questions was he had the full right to do so. He did not violate anything um, and that nothing should be done about it. Yikes. So pretty much I was just shit out of luck. And that was that was that. I'm still upset about that. I do feel like I was robbed from that fellowship because it was a cool fellowship and I would have learned a lot. But, you know, now I'll now I'll never know. But from that, I did not I did not I knew where I wanted to go with my life. I knew I wanted to go to law school and I wanted to do something that was had a little more advocacy aspect for people who are um, I wouldn't say less fortunate because I am there's a lot of things I'm fortunate about, but I do want to what's the word? What am I looking for? Uh I want is it discriminated is the word you're looking for? I guess I was thinking about that, but people who have been discriminated against from things like this, like if it was, if you, if this was brought to court, this guy would have gone completely shafted. You're not, right. it doesn't matter like what his reasoning was. It, it wasn't for a position that you have to show the utmost patri- patriotic right. uh, essence about you. So it didn't make sense to me. And I very much want to do that. I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do because there's so many people who get discriminated against sure. and like something that deals with like social policy and that's what interests me. And so that's probably like why I'm so drawn to criminal law is that sure. it is, unfortunately it is very race heavy and that people, there are disparities of how, People of different races get charged with things. Like I, I did a, I took a like an advanced statistics class in undergrad, and our final exam was we had to find just like data and then make results out of it through like a program. And what I did was the the difference the difference indictment um, statistics between people who people of different races who are charged with marijuana offenses and i think it was it was something like 80 percent of people who were people of color got charged while like 12 percent people who are white got charged yikes so in conclusion that is why i (laughs) wanted to go to law school Um, man that's quite the uh you can make a movie out of that (laughs) like that was that was a very inspiring tale Ollie, I think I think it's really cool. I, I'm, I think it sucks that that happened to you. Obviously, you know, I can't I can't imagine what that would be like. But I think it's cool that you want to advocate for people and go to law school to help like individuals like yourself who um, have to be in those kind of shitty ass situations with shitty ass people. Um, that's pretty. That's that's pretty cool. What about you, Sean? Why'd you Why'd you go to to law school to be a lawyer yikes brother mine is <laughs> it's not nearly as interesting the only thing that's interesting is how long i've wanted to be a lawyer i i have known that i've wanted to go to law school since like the sixth grade Jeez. yeah because in my school district they had mock trial in both middle school and in high school nice so i always wanted to be an engineer and then i realized i was shit at math <laughs> which I still am to this day. After they stopped using numbers and started using letters, I called it quits. <laughs> I was great with the numbers. I So I did mock trial in the fifth grade. And who boy, I loved it. Holy shit. I loved it so much. I preparing witnesses, writing opening and closing statements. And I realized that, not, that most of being a lawyer is not doing that. Mm-hmm. 
but also the like the research. Like they didn't make you do research, but researching as in like like scanning the statements, scanning the evidence for like uh, incongruities, shit like that. I I love that. I would do you know the bare minimum of my homework, right? The yeah. one that was required of me. Classic. Nothing more. And then I would do mock trial stuff for fun. And it looks like homework, right? Like it's it's like all right, read a hundred pages of witness statements, and I I could you couldn't convince me to talk about the seven planets or whatever the nine planets, however many planets there are. Jesus, come on! <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, dude. Pluto's not a planet anymore. Neptune's on the way out. Um, <laughs> but I'd sit down and I'd I'd read witness statements for fun, you know. And and I've I've always loved acting. I've never never could do acting because uh i was never confident enough to do acting uh but mock trial was like my window into acting and i just loved it so much i did it for fifth through i think yeah i there were a couple years in high school where we didn't have enough to do a team but i did it for about six or seven years Uh uh from middle school to high school and when i was in sixth grade i was like all right I want to be a lawyer. And I never changed my mind once. Never once through high school did I change my mind. Never once through undergrad did I change my mind. I majored in political science solely because I thought it would help me in law school. I minored in legal studies because I thought it would help me in law school. Um, I was so fucking wrong um, (laughs) because nothing helped me to prepare for law school. That's not true. I did take one undergrad class. Shout out to my intro to law no it was intro to oh no it was constitutional law i took a constitutional law in class in undergrad and shout out to that class because that was the only class i ever took in undergrad that was even taught remotely like a law school class um and that she cold called sometimes or she threatened a cold call and it was weird it was taught by a professor who's a brilliant woman mm-hmm. um like a doctor of political science has been published a million times never went to law school but her, but her class was the one that was the closest to a law school class that I've ever taken, and and we had to read cases. It was it was taught by the case method. It was yeah. So moral of the story is Ali. My my story is super boring because I'm super boring, and decided I wanted to go to law school when I was eleven. Well, eleven. Yeah. So I'm not I'm not nearly as interesting. But I don't know. You're literally living your dream, though. I guess. I am, I'm not a lawyer yet. <laughs> yeah, we'll see if I pass. You're one third of the way there. That's true. No, I've. it's insane to think that for literally 11 years, I never once, never even once thought about, I couldn't imagine doing any other career. Like I legitimately couldn't, except for podcasting full time, which, oh, you yeah, know, podcasts. when we drop out, of, when we drop out of law school to, <laughs> to podcast full time, <laughs> Um, help make that dream come true. Follow MOTC underscore podcast. Yeah, it's it's wild to me. And it's wild that I'm... It's so weird also because I, every degree I've gotten to me, which is only a high school degree and undergrad degree, don't get, you know, don't get any ideas. I'm not smart. <laughs> um, has only been like a stepping stone. I have like my, <laughs> my undergraduate degree means nothing to me means abs- I have spent tens of thousands of dollars and uh, thousands of hours getting a degree that was a stepping stone to get to law school. Like, I will never use my undergrad degree when I get my law degree. But, like, it's weird, dude. I don't know if you feel the same way. 
like considering like like if you see but you didn't know you were going to go to grad school i knew so to me oh, my undergraduate I I degree going to grad school i knew I had a, like my my parents are i've been pretty adamant about all their children getting a graduate degree so i knew getting an undergraduate degree was never going to be the last degree that i got mm-hmm. i was always it was just it was more of the case of like what what type of degree i was going to get right anything else on how we became famous Ali? no that's about it you know it's <laughs> uh, a, a very easy method to get to where we are today it's true it's very true but if you make your bed once have one kombucha <laughs> you'll have millions of instagram followers <laughs> A handsome devil what's going on fellas first of all why don't you introduce yourself to our lovely listeners yeah all right so uh, i'm nathan i'm uh going on 2l at the zoom uh school law at case western university nice um you're not a very traditional law student at least not at our school i don't think so i'm like the third oldest i think right yeah I think there's a 50-year-old, there's a 30-year-old, <laughs> and then I'm going on 30, so. Going on 30, gosh. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> yep, going on 30, wife, two kids, one two-year-old, one three-month-old, I think she's three months old, four months old, three months Do you old. think? You're not 100%? It's definitely, definitely three months old. My wife just okay. posted the three-month picture on Facebook. That's how I keep track. I understand. Yeah, I mean, the big question is, how do you do it, man? I, you know, I think I'm lucky, honestly, I think I'm super lucky in like having like a regimented mindset, developing a schedule that I try to stick to. I think a lot of that comes from just being in the military, like mm-hmm. having that structure to run my life, but then having a two-year-old kind of defeats that structure nine times. Out of <laughs> so, but no, like I, we just built this office uh, that I'm in, like we, uh, we had an unfinished space when we moved. So we went ahead and we finished off this office space for me. And that just makes like a hundred times better. I can just like mosey downstairs and do whatever. So it's, right. it's a little bit of a grind, right? But you get used to it. You just have to try to stay in the schedule. That's what I do. Try to at least. Well, yeah. You're an inspiration to us all. I'd be more of an inspiration if I was like on Dean's list or something. Right? But <laughs> like, I always like, I was so before I came before school started, I was like super worried about like having kids during law school. Right. And how to balance a family. And I was reading all these stories about like, single moms with three kids going to law school getting 4.0s getting dean's list and i was like okay so it's totally possible and that shit ain't happening i'm not getting dean's list i've accepted it and i'm gonna move on yeah well don't feel bad because neither you know neither of us have two kids and a wife and we are also not on dean's list so we are extra extra super you know, middle of the curve over here. Yeah, you know, I can tell you though, like, so as of right now, I have a wife and two kids. I guarantee you after this quarantine is over, I probably won't have a wife. I'll still have two kids. But, <laughs> like, like divorce lawyers are going to get paid. Oh, for sure. That the, the divorce law market is going to just erupt after, after everyone's allowed to leave their house. Yeah. Divorce lawyers and barbers. Honestly, I need to go get a haircut for sure. Buddy did mine, did my own. I obviously didn't try to do a fade um, because that would have been just like a soup kitchen. 
on Christmas, but <laughs> like I just went ahead and like just shot up the the clippers and did it all the way around on my own. And you know, I feel better. And that was like my biggest thing. I cannot feel good without a haircut. That's an issue for me. And I think that comes back like, you know, in the Marines, like you go every Sunday, you have to have a right. new fresh haircut when you come to work on Monday. Right. So I just developed like this addiction to having my hair cut. So I just couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. No, I was telling uh, Ollie that when I was younger, I used to have the bowl cut. <laughs> and I, yeah, and I can't go back. You so, have to. Yeah. You so, have to. No, <laughs> no, absolutely not. So I have to go get my hair cut before it eventually erupts into, into that because it will, because it has in the past. Ollie, you just have this. But you have like this natural gift of just having like a full on salad on top of your head. Like <laughs> you can do whatever you want with your hair and it'll look perfectly fine. You're very lucky. Oh, second very that. sweet of you, Nathan. I, I, I do second that. Um, it was a bold decision, Nathan, to have a another child um, it wasn't, in the middle of law school. It wasn't a decision. Oh, it was. was it, it actually, yeah, I won't. Was say it, it a, pl- a pleasant surprise? No, nah, it was. I don't. I don't really recall how it happened. I, we don't need those details. Yeah, I don't. No, no I, I still know, haven't. I, I still haven't learned about that about, yet. So I don't. Leave, I don't leave that to that, a different episode. I know how that happened, but I mean, uh, I don't know how the decision leading up to it went. But it, dude, it's you know, I missed two days of school, and luckily, I have a super awesome wife who brings up the slack. Like, that's just what it is. That's the credit goes to her. She works two days a week at a, at a doctor's office. She's a nurse. So it's like cool. the two days that she's there, um, we typically have somebody come in and watch the kids. Like my mom or her mom will drive in from Pennsylvania and they'll help us out with the childcare, which is super helpful. But other than that, dude, like she just, she holds the fort down and couldn't do it without her. That's, you know, that's inspiring. I wouldn't, I'm not going to say any of that to her face because uh, I don't right. want to know how much I appreciate her. Of course. Um, but you guys know. That, that would give her the upper hand. Right. Yeah. Like she needs to know that I just don't care. Obviously. Um, so remote learning sucked mm-hmm. a lot. Right. Yeah. I wanted to get how it was like with the transition to remote learning because we've gotten like the normal law students perspective with, with Ollie and I and, and Mackenzie, our last guest lecturer. What was it? How did you balance being a dad while also being a remote law student? Like how many times did you have to change Ellie while listening to property law? That's the real question I need to know. Okay. I'm not going to act like I'm a superhero here, folks. I'm going (laughs) to openly admit that within Ellie's like first three months, I can probably count the number of diapers I've changed. Maybe on one hand, I will venture to say I'm pushing two fingers on the second hand. That's it. I am worthless. I am an awful father. <laughs> like, I do not pull my fair share when it comes to diapers. I had a good one yesterday, but like, other than that, dude, no, all my wife, totally my wife. But to be fair, she was on maternity leave most of uh, online. Like, she, right. she just got off maternity leave two weeks ago. So when I was down here in class, dude, they were upstairs, they were outside. So no diapers. That's, that's, that's actually, that's nice. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad that it, that it all kind of worked out that way yeah i'm catching my fair share now though i feel like i have to play catch up i feel like i'm all yeah. to <laughs> start spend time to, with your children yeah start pulling my fair share because now in like two weeks i'm gonna go to my law firm and i'm gonna be gone oh, yeah. all the time so it's like oh, yeah. dude, i'm skating by this i always used to joke 
that I was just going to ditch my wife and kids until they were like 18 and like independent. And I actually feel like that's not even a joke anymore. I feel like I'm actually succeeding. (laughs) So it's all good. Well, if you wanted to not spend time with your children, you chose the right profession. So absolutely. And you know, that's actually kind of a sad thing, man. Like I feel so bad. Um, now that Lincoln's like two and he wants to play a lot, I feel like legitimately bad when I tell him like, I can't play right now. I have to study. Like, right. Um, so that, that's like a, that's a real shitty side of it, you know, and, and kind of like a double-edged sword, like being at home now for school, I don't have to leave him, which right. is fine. Um, but also the backside of that blade is I can't leave at all. I'm quarantining with two kids. Right. So, you know, <laughs> which there is no escape. Yeah, which side's sharper? I'm not really sure yet. Yeah, well, um, how terrified were you that in the middle of getting cold called in civil procedure that the children were just going to start screaming? I don't, a very real fear. No, you know, because I think that would have added humor and I think there would have been an understanding. You wouldn't have had to answer the the, the, the question if, if it had been? Dude, that actually wouldn't have been bad, right? Like, oh my God, sorry, folks, emergency. I got to go. I actually got called one time the entire Zoom school uh, so far because property, what? Like when he assigned us the cases, when I checked like the day after and I was like, my name's not on here. I'm not reading a single case <laughs> the rest of the semester. Like I was done. I didn't open yeah. my book once. So I read Kilo because I felt like that was a necessity. Right. Um, but I was so checked out of property. It was disgusting. Big downside to me having my own office is this is also where my PlayStation is. Big downside to that, dude, buddy, mute, playing F1. Most of problem. <laughs> or as, uh, as one of our, our uh, lovely fellow students once put, uh, I'm half listening to this lecture while playing a game. Jesus. Oh, my God. Like, I need to say this. So I was like, when no, I... We're not watch- using names, but... No. When I was, when I realized that people were joining unmuted, which was weird, I don't know why that happened that day, but every single person that joined unmuted, I would quickly chat message them and say, you're unmuted. And 99% of them responded, oh my God, thank you. Like even Mackenzie, your last guest, I messaged her and I was like, you're unmuted. And then they said something else. And I was like, oh shit, yikes, you know, but like I messaged the person literally maybe a hundred times. I was like panic typing when he started the talk. I was just like panic typing. And he said that's a bad moment. And I felt so bad. The lecturer, she was just stopped dead in her tracks. And it took her a second to recover. I was like, what a moment in our careers to have this occur. And you could tell Nard Dog was pissed, but it was, he left the call. (laughs) What are you going to do? You're gonna stick around? No, his name oh. popped up on the screen. But uh, no, like he, he he joined again though. It was ballsy. Yeah. He joined again. It was ballsy for him to come back. I hope he like messaged the professor. There's no it's, way. Can't. No, knowing the guy, probably not. The, there are certain things. Yeah, knowing him especially, right? But like, uh, there are certain things you could have said that you could have come in and messaged Jordan and be like, "Oh my god, I'm so sorry." But when you literally say that you're half paying attention and half not. Right. You like in a, honestly, a very dismissing tone. Yeah. Like if we weren't on Zoom school law, I feel like you just decide to drop out, right? If you have to go face right. that professor in person the next week, you don't come to class anymore. You retake property next semester. Right. But, like, you know, so being on Zoom and the possibility of never having to see him again in person, only reason why you can come right. back and not message him. 
I kind of want to get him on uh, and like get his side of the oh no dude story. <laughs> yeah. Oh maybe, yeah. Maybe one day that uh, that would be something interesting. But this is a lovely segue, Nathan, into mm-hmm. we discussed today on this episode our favorite aspect of property law, which is adverse possession. I love adverse possession and i just i'm i'm waiting with bated breath to hear your take <laughs> on on our favorite aspect let me say this i have been eagerly looking for opportunities to adversely possess somebody's property <laughs> okay i am i have been looking for a moment i've been looking for an opportunity just to plant like some like some damn like green pepper plants right and just you know have a utility to that property and just like show a use you know like mm-hmm. i've been looking for it man <laughs> yet. all right well uh remind me to never invite you to my apartment dude i'm shady as shit like that like i am looking oh for my God. but here's one funny story so uh, back on property good segue i actually have a utility easement on my property um oh. which I didn't know what it was before starting school. Uh, but yeah, apparently a portion of my backyard has a utility easement because there's like uh, cable lines that run behind. You should and the government. I do. I didn't know. I had no idea. But now I know. And I feel okay about it. I feel okay. Good. <laughs> Actually, easements are trash. I think that's like the worst. I, I think I'm very Blackstonian. Let me just, let's get into law school real quick. Yeah. yeah. I'm very Blackstonian when it comes to easements. I don't like the idea of somebody being able to uh, develop a property right um, on my on my land, right? So like, someone might say you don't like adverse possession either. Then, so okay, okay, that's a, okay. Yeah, no, I don't like it, but <laughs> like I don't like it when it happens to me. Okay, right, okay. Um, but at the same time, though, if like if somebody's using my land for the statutory period, folks, is it not kind of my fault? Shouldn't I have recognized that my land? Sure. Yeah, no, but, that's fair. Um, yeah, so I don't like easements, man. I'm very Bostonian. And can you explain? You know, not for me because I obviously know a hundred percent what an easement is. Obviously, can you explain to our listeners what an easement is? And definitely uh, not for me. You know, honestly, I can't. If I tried, you would probably have to <laughs> edit it out because it would be embarrassing. No, honestly, like I have no fucking clue what it is. So I was hoping oh, you'd be able to explain it to me. Couldn't. I know that that was on our exam to a degree. Um, I recognize, <laughs> like I recognize that issue. I have a pretty good issue spotter when it comes to yeah. easements. But as far as working my way out of it, I feel bad for Nard for having to read what I wrote. A trash can. A dumpster. A dumpster. <laughs> and I have, like, do you guys still have your answers? Yes. Uh, maybe you, it's yeah. just sitting on my computer and I never want to open it ever again. You think there will ever come a point, though, that you will open these bad boys and just look at what happened? When I am eventually a very successful and wealthy property law attorney, yeah. because obviously I love property law mm-hmm. so much. Yes, I will when I'm drunk or on coke or something, because Ooh. you know, as all attorneys do, um, I will open it up and and read and understand just where I went wrong, <laughs> just like where everything went horribly, horribly wrong. When I turned from the bright-eyed one owl who wanted to change the world 
into the corporate scumbag that I was really meant to be. Oh, man. I feel that. I feel that right to my soul. <laughs> um, any last final takes on adverse possession? Property law in general? Any, any, any words of wisdom from someone so, you know, who has lived a lot longer than some of us? You know, uh, this is my, my second home that I've purchased now. Um, I don't understand property law any more than I thought that I would. But I will just, hey, in 20 years, guys, if I'm able to adversely possess some property, uh, <laughs> believe me, you guys are going to find out about I'll, it. I'll hit you up in 13 years because I think I think it's 13 years in Ohio. I don't remember. Is it 13 I, or 20? Oh, I really couldn't tell you. I will say, though, that I am also in... I am looking for the adverse possession aspect, but I'm also more aware of the possibility of cozy and bargains with my neighbors. Oh my God, um, dude. We, we talked for five, 10 minutes trying to figure out what the coast theory like even was. Dude, there's a lot of math that day, right? Like, <laughs> about, like this person values trumpet playing at this amount. And I'm like, I literally came to law school to avoid numbers like this. Right. Like damages, that was my one personal help. Right. But like, I'm not here to do it again. <laughs> Restitution versus, oh God, that was awful. Mm-hmm. Oh boy. We're just like dumb kids right now when it comes to the law, right? Like, right. Right. we I'm, are, you're like a dumb old man, but yeah, yeah like I'm a, I'm a dumb senile old man that just yells about like, <laughs> about adverse possession, like <laughs> random property he keeps, shit that doesn't he even apply. keeps planting beans in random places. I, I don't know why. Yeah. I, <laughs> hey, look, you guys joke, but when I was a kid, like I was still running Windows 95, right? Like, <laughs> I was I was coming up the advent of the internet. Like that's true. You are you are the the real first. I guess I would call you the first generation or first group of people that were really raised on the internet. Yeah, because you're not quite old enough to have been like around when like the internet wasn't a big deal. Mm-hmm. So yeah, my childhood. I remember. I remember our first computer, man. Like. That was some good stuff. And like the games that I had, I had like this weird deer hunter game. It was so, <laughs> it was like looking back, such just, a terrible just, game. Just trained you to shoot stuff, right? Like it was just, it was just providing you with military experience. That's all it was. And I just really got that, that feeding to kill a deer. Can I, can I tell you my first deer, my deer you, hunt you, story? You can tell me whatever you want. Cause it just got, it's such a, it's such a bad, bad situation from my childhood. So, um, <laughs> I will admit that I, I'm not much of a hunter anymore, right? Because the, this actually, like the two deer that I have killed in my life have actually been so scarring as a, as a kid. So, you know, I go out in the woods with my dad and I was asleep most of the morning, right? It's right. cold and I'm miserable. He's the one watching. But I get woken up to this gunshot. And it, like, I don't see any orange above me. I'm kind of on this mountain looking up it instead of looking down, which is strategically stupid. Right. So this gun blast goes off, maybe 75 yards. And I wake up, I'm freaked out. I get my gun and this doe's head pops over this bush and I'm freaking out. I'm like maybe 14 and I'm about to start shooting a gun at a living thing instead of shooting right. a piece of paper. A 14 year old. This seems so impractical looking back at it. I pull up on her and she's running straight at me and she's maybe 25 yards. And I just put it right on her chest as she's running straight at me and I take a shot. And like simultaneously, she jumped, right? Blew her front leg right off. So it was terrible, right? Like this is not a good situation already. So she, 
she's it, it actually still attached. It was maybe some cartilage still attached. And I'm so sorry for, for any listeners. That are, no, I'm gonna we're gonna we're gonna have to like put a warning. Yeah, you should, honestly, this is probably getting edited out, but I'm gonna tell you guys. Anyway. So she takes a side turn and I send another round at her. I get her, not where you want to. I'm not gonna go into too many details, right? But point is she's very badly hurt at this right. point. Um and I realize this and I'm on the verge of tears. You know, like this poor animal, dude. So she takes off. My dad says, just relax, let her go, let her go lay down and and die. And I I couldn't do that. So I start sprinting through the snow and I come up over, send another shot. She runs all the way down to the road. I've unloaded my gun at this point. I've probably hit her only twice. And my dad had to finish off killing her because I walked up to her and I started bawling. I couldn't even like raise my gun. I couldn't reload my gun, cry my eyes out. Um, that was my first deer kill. It was the worst deer kill of my life. My second one, I actually hit her in the spine. Totally a good shot, a really good shot, right? Because I didn't have much to shoot at. Um, but she started screaming. And that was the last time. That was it. <laughs> that was it. Well, thank me. you. You've, you've, uh, you've, you've dissuaded me from ever wanting to go hunting. Dude, thank you. That was that was that was it for me, man. And it's just such a. And I look at it like now, like, dude. Thank God there are people that are that are out there doing it, right? Like overpopulation is a bad thing, and we need people that are willing to do it. That ain't me anymore, which is so weird. Like in the Marines, like you're trained to like shoot people, but right. a deer, no, nah, I can't do it, dude. That's because a deer isn't shooting back. True. What did you do in the military? I was a presidential security guard. Wow. Who'd you work under? Uh, I worked under President Barack Obama. Um, mm. And I will, I will say this. I am so incredibly thankful that I did not have to serve under Trump. Like, I will say it. I don't care. I'm not trying to get political, and I won't get political, but I'm just really going to say that I'm just really pumped to not have to serve under him. That's fair. Now, what was, uh, what was the coolest thing you ever got to do? So... Uh, I was stationed with Marine One Helicopter Squadron, which is the green and white helicopter you know, that you see on like Good Morning America and shit. And obviously, like we have maintenance birds, which are currently getting repaired, test flights for up and coming pilots. And then there's a second facility, um, which directly services DC, right? Between for the White House to Andrews Air Force Base. And when I was in Quantico, I had to go on a security detail with one of the birds that was training and they have to land at certain evacuation spots, essentially. Right. In case of an emergency. And one of them was uh, a baseball field and there were people around the baseball field. Right. So I'm sitting in where the president would sit. Cause obviously he's on the bird. And I look at my hand. I was like, well, I can't pass this Barack Obama, right? Like, I'm not going to wave out the window and people are going to say, holy crap, there's a president. But I was like, well, I am the same complexity as Joe Biden. Maybe not as creepy, but I do kind of like Joe Biden at this point. So people are on the baseball field. I pop out and I start waving out the window and people start flashing pictures. They think I'm the vice president sitting there and I'm waving at them because they're so, they they don't know any better. But that was probably the coolest, like just flying around, <laughs> landing at landing at random Pret- places, pretending to be Joe Biden, pretending to be Joe Biden. Yeah, like I, there was uh, when the president gets on and off Air Force One at Andrews, they have to get on the helicopter and stuff like that. I mean, when you come within two feet of the president, you know, and you have a loaded gun on your on your hip, like that's a pretty surreal experience. I believe it. Um, 
but you know, it's like we were talking to Secret Service before, and uh, they said that like it's not anybody else that we have our guns on. We have it on you because they're like we're right next to the president with our gun, right? So right. The Secret Service is actually with their sights right on us. So you're always very cautious not to hit your gun in the wrong way when you're going to salute. Yeah. Then you're just gone. You're toast. <laughs> you're donezo. Yikes. That's crazy. Yeah, I was lucky. Wow. I was lucky. And that's what I'm saying to you. My resume carries me a long way. Like, I I have a, you know, the clearances that I got for, with the unit and stuff like that. That shit looks really good on paper. Um, sure. But in person, total disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like I know you know you more now. Um, and thankfully, I don't think you're a disappointment yet. And I'd like to think that I know you a little better now. We have two more years of yes, we do. to know each other. Of Zoom School of Law. I think I, we just need to bring you back, and we've got a. There's, there's so much to talk about that you have. We just have to bring you're you back. A well of knowledge. You've been around for so long. There's a lot to flush out, buddies. There's a lot to flush out. <laughs> Being old, that's a that's a good transition. So yeah, we have a we have a segment that we've lovingly called the cold call. So we're going to ask you some questions, and then just give us your best response. And really thankful that we can edit shit on this. <laughs> uh, now, give us your honest answer, but understand that you will be graded um, on your performance. We're going to switch off on questions, so go ahead, and we're going we're to start with Ali. Yes, thank you, Sean. Thank you. Um, may it please the court. So, um, uh, Mister uh, Mister Father Time. Uh, what's it like being old? My joints hurt. Okay, okay, okay. I heard you were roommates with Paul Revere in college. What was he like? Uh, he was an awesome uh, silversmith. He made uh, our silverware that we ate our porridge out of. So, um, nice. was never without a spoon. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and that's, dude, that's real. You can look that shit up. Paul Revere was a uh, was like a silversmith or something. You can look. Why, why do you know this? <laughs> So we didn't notice your signature on the Declaration of Independence. Was that like a was that a stance you were trying to make? Yeah, actually, you know, when you signed Declaration of Independence, you were committing an act of treason. I was a loyal subject to the crown and I remain that way. <laughs> uh, how does the COVID experience compare to the Vietnam War? <laughs> That's really funny. Um I don't know. I probably can't get VA benefits for getting COVID, right? But I can uh, get VA benefits for <laughs> for my PTSD for hunting down Charlie. <laughs> uh, and then lastly, just um, tell our listeners how they can apply for AARP. So you're probably getting solicited in the mail randomly at this point. You're what, 25 or so? You're just going to start getting... We're not. not. (laughs) I think that might be you. I get bombarded with AARP applications. I really do. And like AARP, like fake little cards, it's actually really embarrassing. But um, they, you know, I think they provide like 15% off at like Barnes and Nobles and shit if that thing's, if that's still a thing. Well, that's how, do you know how how our listeners can apply? Because we can't give them that information, but you definitely can. I think you can use... The Google. Google. Excellent. Oh, my God. My phone just kicked on because I said Google. Isn't, dude, technology <laughs> is honestly a real bitch. Oh, man. We're going to we're gonna have to bring you back. There's just, there's just so much untapped potential in, in, in your years of experience. Ollie, I'm going to go out on a limb. That cold call? I give it like a B. That was a really good, that was a really good cold call. 
I would, I would agree. I would give that. So, um, given that you told us about how you, you, uh, you know, ruined a deer, um, lowers the grade a little bit for the earlier, but, but that cold call makes up for it. We're going to give you, we're going to average you out to a, a B minus, which is, which is perfectly middle of the curve. B minus. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, our right. curve's a little, our curve's a little lower. We're a little stricter. So. You know, and I was actually thinking to myself, like, well, I don't have an A, but I don't want an A, right? I'm not a gunner. Right. Yeah, right? you're not a gunner. This is no. this is the middle of the curve podcast. I know that uh, I know that grades are private and everything, but what did Mackenzie get? Uh, she was also middle of the curve. Love it, love it. We have only invited we have only invited individuals who are who are middle of the curve. You're not gonna have any dean's listers, right? Like that's no, not- no, 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 oh, no. Very absolutely. specifically, nobody who could give it like a like a realistic interpretation of adverse possession or the coast theory is allowed on this show. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. So that's that's like the that's the, when we vet our possible uh, guest lecturers. The only question we ask is, can you explain the Coase theorem? And if they do it correctly, they're not they're not welcome on the show. Anybody that kept reading after switching to online learning, <laughs> out of the gone. Out. just gone. Completely yeah, gone. no, that's fair. That's fair. Um, Ollie, is there anything else that we need to? We you're just a well of knowledge. We'll, we'll, well, we're going to have to bring you back. We don't know when, but there's just so much more to talk about. You're, you're such a bundle of information. You know what, guys? I'm I am so happy that I was that you guys had me on. It is so good to talk to people again. And <laughs> you're, that are your children? It really is to talk about anything other than Mickey Mouse and and building building shit out of couch pillows. Like it's. It's a breath of fresh air. I'll try. Well, thank you, Nathan. This thank has you. been absolutely lovely. Thank you. I'd be happy to come back at a later date after you get some more middle of the wow. folks. And yeah, we'll, we'll definitely have to bring you back. Thank you very much. All right, boys. Hey, have a good one. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Take it easy. You guys too. See ya. Man, Ali, we, we we talked about a lot of stuff today. That we did, but Sean, is this were we? Um, correct me if I'm wrong. Were we ever giving uh, legal advice? Uh, given the conversations we've talked about, absolutely not. None of it was legal advice. As you can tell, we don't know anything about the law. Would you Would you say this is just for strict entertainment purposes? Yeah, th- I mean, I'm pretty entertained, so. Yes, 100%. This is only for entertainment. Please do not do not take this as any sort of legal advice um, at all in any way, shape, or form. Make sure to follow us on social media, Instagram and Twitter, and MySpace. And, and you should follow us on all of those. Uh, at MOTC Podcast is our Twitter. And our Instagram is MOTC underscore podcast. Anything else? No, nope, that's all I got for today. Excellent. Well, uh, what is our outro? Is it is this? This is Sean, and this is Ali, and stay middle of the curve. And remember, yeah, being yeah, above yeah. the curve is for nerds or something. <laughs> remember, don't be a gunner. Or something. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, something like that. Well, that that works. We'll, we'll roll with that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Jesus Christ. We'll see you guys next time. Yep. Yeah.